Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins... I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I like campgrounds in the off-season when it isn't crowded, and my girlfriend and I, we went to our favorite federal campground. The campground is only open a few months of the year. The average snowfall is 350 inches, so it's usually snowed in. It's crowded during the summer, but rarely anybody around midweek during off-season. There is usually a campground host parked in an RV around to help people with firewood and stuff. He's an old man that I know, and he wasn't there this time. The typical federal campground where you put $12 in an envelope and drop it in a strong box. There are also two loops surrounded by campsites with a particular site that is our favorite as it's further off the perimeter and private. It was odd when we arrived though because, well, we were literally the only people there. No host or other campers anywhere. We were stoked though about having the place to ourselves really. We did the usual truck camping setup with tent, firewood, cooler, books and other items that we wouldn't carry backpacking. We walked around the campground and didn't see anybody the entire time which was a little strange but not too concerning. We built a fire, sat around enjoying the evening, gorgeous fall weather with leaves falling and crunching when you walk. Those of you who camp know the sound of fire too and the leaves rustling in the wind like that. It's my favorite season in the woods, and this was an above-average night. Eventually, though, we retired to our tent, and I really don't remember what time it was. It was our big truck camping tent, though, not a small backpacking tent by any means, so we could move around some. Laying in the tent, reading, and she falls asleep before me. 
I should say here too that there's just no way that a vehicle could pull into this place and not be heard because it was like dead quiet, super peaceful. I was listening to the leaves blow and thinking about what a privilege it was to actually be here at this time. I was wide awake and not tired enough to sleep so I got up a few times to check the fire embers. But sometime, probably after midnight I would guess, I'm laying in my sleeping bag reading and... I hear something walking around. Now, there are deer, elk, moose, lions, and bears moving around in the fall, so I wasn't immediately alarmed. No grizzlies in Colorado since the 70s, at least that's what most people think anyway. Some scientists disagree and say that there might be a few remaining. Black bears don't really scare me unless they're acting aggressive. I'm pretty familiar with bull moose in the area that I've been seeing for years. But I stopped reading and I listened carefully. I could hear the leaves blowing, but also something walking on the leaves. It was getting closer to the tent when I realized that it was bipedal. Immediate fear kicked in, and this was different to anything that I'd felt before. This time, I froze. I couldn't take a breath. My heart was beating out of my chest like I wanted to hide. I'm trying not to move or make a sound as I hear it walking around the tent. Unmistakably walking on two legs, mind you, because the dry fallen leaves accentuate every step. I never considered waking my girlfriend for some reason, which I don't know why I didn't do that. Terrified in a calm rather than panicked way, I'm laying there trying not to move, unable to take a deep breath, considering what the heck was walking around the tent. We all know how different sized people sound walking on dry leaves. A 225 pound man sounds very different than a little girl, let's say. But this creature walking around the tent must have been huge. I could tell from the footsteps and, man, I was petrified. I didn't have a gun, but I did grab a good sized knife before I left and I held onto it knowing that, oh, it was probably useless. Now, this is where things get absolutely terrifying, as if it wasn't enough already. I'm waiting there, waiting for whatever this is to leave, hoping I hear whatever it is walking away from the tent and campsite. But no, it starts getting closer. I hear it walking towards the tent, and I'm breathless with fear now, literally waiting for something to grab us. In fact, I was completely paralyzed with fear, as I remember I couldn't move. Getting out of the tent too was just never an option. The moon was relatively full that night, so when it approached too, I saw a huge shadow of a creature standing up through the tent fabric. I could hear it breathing on the tent, and it was standing directly above looking at me through the tent. It was without a doubt bipedal as well, stood over me for a few minutes. Then I hear it walk away from the campground, back into the utterly vast wilderness. Obviously, I couldn't sleep after that, listened all night until sunrise. I didn't tell my girlfriend right away, but I started packing up our stuff to get out of there immediately. Looked around and didn't see any footprints, but the leaves were thick on the ground, so it wouldn't be easy to see. Packing up, though, I noticed still nobody else in the campground. I know it wasn't a deer, an elk or a moose or a lion or a bear. It could have been a huge man, but where did he come from and 
What happened to him? Nah, I know it wasn't a man. It couldn't have been. It didn't seem to want to harm us or anything. I know because I was vulnerable just laying there and it could have easily killed us. I thought about it and wondered if this is connected to some other incident that I've described in another place. Was I fleeing from something like this before but being stalked? What if it has the same sort of mimicking ability? Could this be what's taking people? There are other documented missing 411 cases in the area as we are in, in our near cluster. One case in particular comes to mind that I'm not sure is covered in a missing 411 book. The same general area where a few years ago an experienced hunter went missing in September from a group of several men from out of state. Apparently, experienced and familiar with the area, the man goes missing, search and rescue look everywhere for a few days, and the man was found later, dead, in place where people had already searched. No clear cause of death. I know one of the search and rescue people, and he said it was really, really weird since they searched where he was found relatively close to the camp. Did this man tick off whatever this was watching me? What the heck is even happening here? Finally though, to help give some context to the setting, I'm sure some of you will say that it was a man, but this was a vast wilderness and one of the more remote areas of the lower 48. I encourage people to look at the map of Route Medicine Bow National Forest and the Zerka Wilderness. This particular campground is completely isolated. There is approximately like three to four mile drive down a dirt road or the main road to the campground, so you hear vehicles approaching. There's nothing too, but vast expansive wilderness in the direction from which it came and also where it went. I'm increasingly thinking that this incident is related to another experience that I've had. I've seen some strange things in the woods, but wasn't at any point in fear for my life, but this time. I'm 54 and I've spent most of my life exploring the backcountry without anything too frightening happening until about three years ago. And you know, it's alright if you don't believe me or offer an opposing point of view. I'm not trying to convince anybody or anything. I just wanted to share my story. Lastly too, this wilderness isn't like Georgia or Ohio where you'll eventually run into civilization if you keep walking in any direction. You could literally walk for weeks and many miles without seeing anything but backcountry. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When I was around nine years old, my friend, an immediate neighbor and I, we were playing basketball in my front yard when I noticed a small white sort of gray car parked across the street in a position such that its windshield was facing our house. In said car was a middle-aged man clearly pointing a camera at us. I stared for a while and squinted because I was trying to see if he was actually photographing us, or maybe just reviewing photos on the camera while holding it oddly, but after watching for a while, it was obvious that he was pressing the clicker, photographing us. My friend and I immediately went inside, decided for some reason not to tell my mother, and we went up to my room. Anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour later, my mum asked my friend and I if we could deliver a box of cookies to my other neighbour. We agreed, and as for me at least, I had completely forgotten about the prior incident. I guess because I was nine and having fun with my friend. We walked up the stairs though to the woman's house with the cookies and we rang the doorbell, but she wasn't home. When we turned around, there was the man in his car again. He had parked along the curb right at the entrance of the stairway leading up to the woman's house so that we couldn't walk down the stairs and up the sidewalk without coming in direct contact with his car. And I still remember the absolute feeling of dread and panic that filled me in that moment. We immediately began banging on the woman's door and frantically ringing the doorbell to no avail. That man rolled down his passenger side window and began talking to us. He said, Clara? That's my friend. It's me, Harry. I looked to my friend and could tell that she didn't really recognize him, but the fact that he was claiming to be somebody that she knew, talking to us and not immediately pursuing us, made me calm down a little bit at least. He proceeded to say that he had lived in the house across the street from her and had a daughter her age that she used to play with when she was a baby. Interestingly enough, Clara said that there was in fact a family who lived there who had a young girl that she played with, so that checked out. She said that she couldn't recognize the man, though given the fact that she was five when they moved and three when they used to have contact, it's not likely that she could have recognized him even if he was who he said he was. He proceeded to say that he was photographing us to show his daughter who missed her and said that he was going to record us. He took out his camera again and began recording us in a very interview-like fashion, saying, Hi, what's your name? What do you like to do for fun? I know for a fact that I told him where I lived in this interaction, though I can't remember if he asked me that directly or if I just volunteered it. I think the elation I felt over the fact that he didn't immediately kidnap us made me way too open with him. He videotaped us for roughly 30 minutes to an hour, and then he just drove away. But this story honestly gets more and more disturbing to me the older that I get. There is no way this man, this self-proclaimed old neighbor to my friend, was videoing us because his daughter was nostalgic for a friend that she had when she was three. Why was he back in the neighborhood? Where was his family? There was no reason to wait outside of our houses for hours just to film us after already photographing us without our consent. It makes me sick to think about what was done with those photos. 
who is this man who knows all the young girls of the neighborhood, past and present, and what did he do with those photos and videos? So I used to own a house near the mountains in the northern side of Colorado. This was a period of time when I had just gotten fired from my job because of COVID-related reasons and was home alone. I lived with my roommate at the time, but he went out to some club that night, leaving me alone with my dog. And to be honest, I hate to even think of this. This is the first time I've ever really told anyone besides my neighbors. So... It was around 8pm on a Friday and I was watching Friends on the TV. While watching, I heard what sounded like boxes shuffling around in the basement. My dog immediately noticed this too and brought his head up. Our basement wasn't finished and we had a window down there which wasn't in good shape so I had just brushed it off thinking that the wind was making noise. After a while though, the noise just never really stopped. I decided to grab my light and head down there with my dog. I grabbed my light from the kitchen and opened the door to the basement. I started walking down the stairs, calling my dog. The only odd thing was that my dog decided to not come down with me and was making that like high-pitched noises dogs sort of make when they're like unhappy or whatever. He refused to go down there in the basement and just stood at the top of the basement. To give you perspective on how my basement was laid out... There was a lot of my extra stuff from my childhood like clothes and such that were on the back right corner so when you walk down them on the very right that is where that stuff is. All of my roommate's stuff was right next to mine on the left and there was a bench with all of the previous owner's stuff that they left there. So while going down there the sound was still very clear and was getting louder and louder the farther that I got in there. I saw the window open and making noises and decided to go and close it. But as soon as I closed it, it felt like a hand grabbed my leg. But it wasn't a normal hand, it was like super hot. My legs were swooped back and I actually fell over. And all I can remember from this point was my dog barking extremely loud. I then woke up and found myself in the closet of my roommate's bedroom. I walked downstairs and looked at the time was three and my roommate wasn't back yet. I looked at the clock and grabbed my phone, dog and ran outside the front door. I went over to the neighbors around maybe a mile away and I ran there bare feet. I didn't have a car at the time so that was the only way to get there. But when I got to the neighbors that I barely knew mind you, I rang the doorbell extremely quickly and around a minute later a man opened the door and asked why I was ringing his door this late at night and I could tell that he was quite frustrated with me. I told him everything and he said that the previous owners moved out because the husband actually ended everything in that basement. We talked for a while and I let my dog run around in the back. I called my roommate to not go home and come over to the neighbors. Around an hour later he showed up and... We all just sat there and talked about what had happened. At around 10 in the morning, I headed back to my house with my roommate to find the sofa flipped over, all the doors open, and the cabinets in the kitchen all open with dishes on the floor broken just everywhere. And after that, I decided to go live with my sister and sell the house around two months later. 
To this day, I'm still not sure what that was and haven't had any other experiences. By the way, something that I didn't tell was that I had just broken up with my girlfriend. I've heard before that spirits thrive off of bad energy or whatever, and I don't know if that was the case, but let me know what you guys think, because I would sure love an explanation for this one. This story takes place in May of 2016. I went camping with my boyfriend at the time, his name is Dee, and another couple who I was friends with. We decided to drive down to a place called Point Lookout State Park, located at the southernmost point of Maryland. It was a rather large campground with three separate loops of campsites. Two loops were located in a more wooded area, while the loop that we were stayed was directly on the water. Our loop was also less crowded with only one other tent set up. I should mention too that Point Lookout is a very flat piece of land on the Chesapeake Bay, much of the place being sort of marshland. There is also a neat old lighthouse, a very short drive from the loop. Anyway, I didn't look up anything about the area before going. Honestly, I was just happy to have a little vacation as I was going through a hard time in my life. We pitched camp at the most perfect spot on the loop and it was directly on the water but far enough from the road to not be seen by other people with a curtain of tall grass guarding the view from anyone else. Basically, the perfect spot to drink and smoke without being bothered. This was actually my first time camping and Dee wasn't very into it either so we pitched a pretty pathetic loose tent but it didn't matter since we were barely in the tent except to sleep. We walked around and checked out the area for a bit, walking through the camping loops and along the shoreline. The whole area just gave me a slightly weird feeling that is hard to describe, like a solemn silence that also felt very heavy, if that makes sense. At one point, I broke off from the group to use the bathroom facility. As I was walking along the trail, I saw a huge, and I mean huge, terrapin tortoise walking across the path directly in front of me. As it walked, it kind of made eye contact with me and didn't break it. It wasn't a terribly strange experience, but again, it just felt off. When I came out of the bathroom, the tortoise was gone, even though it was walking extremely slow, so that was weird. The first night, though, was pretty much uneventful besides the extreme wind that blew through the park. As I said, the park is located right on the bay on very flat land, so it's a frequent experience. Unfortunately, though, since I pitched the most mediocre and loose tent, it blew around all night and felt like it was going to lift off from the ground and take us with it. Needless to say, I didn't get much sleep that night. The second day, though, we decided to explore the old lighthouse. It was their spring season, so they had open tours for a few hours during the day. And there was a tour guide who gave the history of the house and gave some really cool facts about it, too. But one thing the guide seemed to breeze right over, though, but stuck with me, was that the man who built the house, along with the next two owners, died very shortly after living in the house. The guide treated that little fact like it was nothing, but... To me, it was a bit weird. Anyway, we continued to hike, drink, smoke, and do all the other camping shenanigans, just having a great time. It was time to go to bed now, though, and this is where things get strange. 
This night was not windy at all. In fact, it was weirdly dead silent. Not a comforting silence too, but an eerie silence that puts you on edge. I eventually got to sleep pretty quickly despite this, considering that I barely slept the previous night. But not long after I sunk into a deep sleep, Dee wakes me up looking concerned. Hey, hey babe, did you hear that? He asked. Uh, no, I was asleep. Sorry, what happened? I asked. He replied with, I heard someone yell hey outside of our tent. I think there's a man outside. I didn't think too much of it at first. In fact, I thought it was just the other couple talking to each other since their tent was pretty much right next to ours. But then I heard our friends snoring. They're the loudest snorers I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, the other loops could probably hear them from here. But that meant that they were fast asleep and obviously not talking to each other or us. I was still skeptical that Dee heard anything, but we were drinking and smoking all night, so it could have been just paranoia. That is, until I heard the footsteps. Circling around our tent now was the sound of heavy boots making their way along the gravel. The steps had a little sort of clanking sound like one of those old-time steel boots. This was definitely not paranoia. We both looked at each other and thought... Who the heck was at our tent and what did they want? The mesh window of our tent was open and we could see outside and around us and we watched above and around us following the sound of the footsteps with our eyes but never actually seeing a single person. I got chills until the sound made its way back down the path and eventually disappeared. Dee and I looked at each other and just said, What the heck was that? We left the next day as planned and we told our friends what happened. They were fast asleep and didn't hear anything, they said anyway, which wasn't surprising. Those two could sleep through a tornado, to be honest. But this is where the story came together. You see, when I got home, I decided to research the park a bit and suddenly everything started to make sense. You see, Point Lookout was once a Civil War prisoner camp. Buried all around the park were the bodies of Confederate soldiers. The prison housed prisoners in horrible conditions and was constantly overcrowded. There are stories of all sorts of terrible things at that camp and even in the basement of the lighthouse too. And the ghost sightings were abundant from others. Many stating that they've heard or seen prison guards patrolling the area and even questioning some of the park guests. I was convinced that that was what we experienced that night. The sound of the heavy boots and the loud hay seemed to match the other descriptions. There are also stories of people seeing a woman walking along the shore of the beach. Apparently she comes up and asks people where her headstone is and if they can help her find it. Turns out there was a woman buried in a nearby cemetery whose headstone was in fact stolen. It was found in a hotel in Washington, D.C. some 50 years later and allegedly was never put back. And I can only assume that she's going to walk the shoreline until they put it back, if they ever actually do. Anyway, I actually kind of want to go back there now that I know the history of the park. For anyone who has been to Point Lookout, 
have you ever experienced anything strange there? I would love to hear your stories if you have. That is, if you would like to share them. For context, we're female, and when this happened back in mid-February of 2020, my friends and I were all 15. This takes place in Italy on a school trip that we went on. The trip itself was alright, I suppose, but being the dumb teenagers that we are, we decided to push the boundaries a bit. Our school had booked us into a pretty average hotel, low budget, so one night, two of my friends asked me if I wanted to sneak out with them during the night and go to the nearby beach. I'm generally quite sensible, but they kept persuading me until I finally gave in. I mean, we would only get one opportunity to do this, right? So we waited until about 1am, messaging each other when to leave our rooms and meet in the corridor. It was only three of us. We didn't want anyone else to know as they might snitch on us. The teachers were sleeping in rooms opposite ours, so we had to be so quiet as to not get caught. And I can remember still just how worried I was that we would get caught and that they would ring my parents. But we were successful and we snuck our way down to the lobby. For whatever reason too, no one was at the front desk, so we just hurried through the lobby and out the front door, not waiting around to get caught. None of us actually knew Italian too, so this is quite possibly one of the dumbest things we could have done. We walked for about two miles down the beach, all smug that we had actually managed to pull off our perfectly devised plan. The streets were completely empty, not surprising considering that it was like one in the morning, but it didn't stop that anxious feeling in the back of my mind. I knew that what we were doing would get us in so much trouble if we got caught. We had to walk down hundreds of steps in order to actually get to the beach. Plenty of time to reconsider our actions, but we were stupid and kept on going. Something that I regret now. The beach, though, was really quite beautiful that night. It was a full moon and the beach was lit up in a beautiful soft light. We had the whole place to ourselves and it was quite nice. We messed around for ten minutes or so and then my friends said that they wanted to go into the sea... I was adamant that I wasn't going in despite their protests, so they told me to keep an eye on their stuff. We had only brought a few jackets in our phones. They rolled up their trousers and went knee-deep into the sea. I started filming them and taking pictures. The others would be so jealous, I remember thinking. But just wait until they see these photos. They must have spent about, I would guess, five minutes splashing around in the cold sea before they came back onto the beach and started stripping off more. I couldn't believe it. They were actually going to go swimming. They had the genius idea as well to go in there in their underwear and I couldn't stop laughing at this point. Looking back on it now, I should have persuaded them not to. I didn't understand the gravity of the situation that we would soon be in, but they both ran towards the waves and jumped in at the same time, screaming and giggling in the freezing water. I stood on the shore just laughing and filming them. Whilst guarding their things, I suddenly got this eerie feeling of being watched. I can only put it down to the instinct, but naturally I put my guard up and I looked around. And man, am I so glad that I did, because who knows what would have happened if I didn't notice them. Two men were sitting maybe 30 meters away from us in the dark. 
I can't be sure as I only noticed them for a second before turning back around, but it looked like one of the men was holding his phone up filming us. My stomach instantly dropped though. I called both my friends though and they must have noticed the tone in my voice was completely shaken despite my best efforts to be discreet, but they walked up the sand towards me dripping wet and freezing cold. I told them two men were sitting behind us watching us and at that I had never seen them so scared. That's when the trepidation hit us, I think. No one knew that we were here. As far as everyone else was concerned, we were fast asleep in our hotel rooms. These men could easily take us down, kidnap us, and do whatever they wanted to do. And honestly, no one would ever even know. I quickly whispered to my friends that we needed to leave right now. I told them to not bother getting dressed and to just grab their stuff and leave as inconspicuously as possible. They agreed with no hesitation, and at this point I was really worried. The men must have known that we saw them, despite our best efforts. Nothing could conceal the raw fear that we felt, and probably looked too. As we approached the steps, I made a quick glance behind us, and a sweat instantly broke out on my forehead, because the men were now slowly walking towards us. Final flight kicked in, and I shouted at my friends to run. Barefoot and soaked, they scrambled up the steps as quickly as they could. We kept pushing and I didn't look behind me for fear of how close they could be. We didn't stop once we reached the stop of the steps and onto the pavement, but we were running on pure adrenaline at this point. Our legs burned and I looked down to see both my friend's feet were now bloody, but they didn't stop. But we didn't stop running until the hotel was in sight and I turned around again and to my relief, I could no longer see the men. We walked through the entrance to the hotel, and this time, however, there was a man at the front desk. He started talking in Italian, and we didn't understand him, so we kept walking, and my friends leaving bloody footprints through the lobby. Once we reached the corridor, we made a mutual vow to never tell anyone about that night, and we all went back to our rooms. The man at the front desk, though, must have told our teachers that he saw us at 3am walking through this hotel, leaving bloody footprints everywhere, because that morning, I awoke to a loud banging on our door. Miss Smith was shouting at everyone, asking who it was that left last night. Of course, everyone was confused, and I didn't dare speak up, neither did my friends. After several speeches about the severity of our actions and how they were going to find out who it was... I was completely terrified. My two friends finally spoke up and admitted that it was them. Thankfully, they left my name out, which I'll forever be grateful for. The teachers, man, they were furious, as you can imagine, I suppose. They received phone calls home and they had to delete all the pictures taken that night. I always think back to how that night could have ended, though, how horribly wrong it could have gone. And despite it being one of the dumbest things that I've ever done, I'm glad that I decided to go because it terrifies me to think what could have happened to my two friends if I wasn't there to spot those men that night. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. 
Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.